Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this podcast, I chat to athletes, coaches, and industry professionals about their sporting journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. Guests range from Olympians to the everyday lover of sport, but the message stays the same. There is so much more to sport than what meets the eye. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss the release of each new episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. I'd love to hear from you. Welcome to part two of my chat with Carol Cook. In last week's episode, Carol took us through her early years of being a seven-year-old with a dream to 40 years later and a few bumps in the road, achieving it. If you haven't listened to part one, hit pause and go back and listen to this journey. In this episode, Carol takes us through the benefits sport has provided her, the lessons she's learnt, and the interesting backstory of how she came to be the founder of the 24-hour Mega Swim. The 24-hour Mega Swim is an event I first discovered in 2012. I loved the concept so much that at the age of 16, I started a team and forced 14 of my friends to swim in a relay for 24 hours straight, raising money for MS. Carol takes us through the early days of starting the 24-hour mega swim and some stories of how the money raised has actually changed people's lives. If you're interested in this event or other events like racquetball and badminton mentioned in this episode, you can find the link in the show notes. It was such an honour to be able to speak to Carol about some of her sporting achievements, but also learn more about an event that has been so pivotal in changing my perception on sport. Enough from me, let's jump on in. We've spoken a little bit about some benefits that sports provided you as an individual, but is there one that like would really stand out that, you know, you learnt in the sport and it's transferred over to, you know, life in general? Oh, look, I think, um, well, resilience, you know, I think especially over the last, over the last year and a half, mm-hmm. um, you know, not knowing I guess if the games were going to go ahead last year and then all of a sudden they weren't and then finding the the commitment I guess not so much the motivation because I really I don't like the word motivation I think because we can all be motivated um everybody does January 1st they've all got (laughs) these things they're going to do and two weeks later that motivation is gone and I think even as elite athletes you know they lose their motivation but it they never lose their commitment. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, the last, the last year and a half has really taught me persistence. Actually, funny enough, my blog I'm writing today is about persistence, um, about persistence, um, about commitment. And even though, you know, times are really bad and you've got to find different ways in order to train, like, especially in, in Victoria here when we were in lockdown so long, you can't just go out and do a two to three hour ride you know, in your five kilometers <laughs> in your five kilometers, but you can do it inside virtually. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot harder, a lot harder. Um, and so I think that, you know, sport has really taught me right from the age of seven, you know, persistence and perseverance mm-hmm. of the dreams and, to be able to set those goals, but realize, as my sister taught me, that the destination will always change. You know, 
Um, I'm, I'm a perfect example of that. You know, wanted to be a swimmer at the Olympics. Well, no, I became wanting to then be a rower at the Paralympics. No, that changed <laughs> as well. You become a cyclist at the Paralympics. So, you know, you, you, I think I've learned that you never, well, one thing sport has done is it's taught me never give up on your dreams and your goals because if you really want to, you can make them happen in, in some way. You know, yeah. and again, uh, thank you, mom, thinking outside that square and do if you can't do it one way, do it another. And that's for any goal or dream. It doesn't doesn't have to be sport related. It can be anything, you know, um, if it's not working one way, try it another way. You know, and, and I guess that's what sport has given me. And God, I, I, you know, I haven't really this has been great. This has been very cathartic for me <laughs> because talking to you, because I realize how much sport from that early age even at five you know it was Mr. Orrit saying come and join the gymnastics how much sport has played such an important role in my life all the way through through careers like I've had two careers you know through through that and even to now I mean I have done things a bit backwards in life you know I had elite sport then had two careers and then back to elite sport where you know others do elite sport and then have a career (laughs) But yeah, so it's been a huge, played a huge role in my life, throughout my life in, in driving me forward and, and goals, learning how to, learning how to set goals, learning how to attain goals, I guess, with those baby steps along the way, you know. Yeah. Oh, and I love the the fact that they all kind of interrelate, like the, you had a goal when you were seven and it was to be you know, represent your country and through persistence and perseverance, the, the journey kind of led you in different weaves and paths and stuff, but you've, you know, you've gotten there and you've done it. And yeah, that, that's a huge benefit and learning all of those things and goes back to what, um, was it your mum that said it or your sister mm. that, you know, you're, it's all about the journey and it's not just about that outcome. It's what got you to that point. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it was my sister. And you know, I think I, I, I stood and spoke at a um, graduation ceremony at a girl's school once. And I said to them, you know, you all have dreams and goals. Mm-hmm. You, you've decided what you're going to study in university. And you've decided, you know, that what you're possibly going to be. You know, some of you will go one route, some will go another. But don't be surprised if those change along mm-hmm. the way. Because, you know, I joined the police force thinking that that would be my career for life. 14 years later, it was no longer something I wanted to be my career for life. And then it was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? So, you know, life has these funny twists and turns along the way. And it's, it's funny. I've heard people say, oh, don't worry. When one door closes, another will open. But to be honest, it's not going to just open for you magically. Mm. You got to go look and maybe even kick it open, you know? try things that you know you might have wanted to try but kind of went oh well I'm on I'm on a different path now all of a sudden you have that opportunity and I think don't take the easy road Mm. because the easy road never leads you to those big audacious dreams and goals take the hard road take the really difficult way because what might feel difficult turns out to be not so difficult after you get started, you know, it's always really hard to, and there's so many people who hate their jobs and they want to do something different. They might have 
you know, something in the back of their head they want to do, but they won't do it because there are so many difficulties in the way. Oh, just forego the difficulties and you might be surprised. And yes, there's people saying, yeah, but I can't, I've got a family and I've got kids and I've got to do this and I've got to provide. They're all excuses. Mm. They're all excuses, uh, seriously. And if you really, really want to change things, then change it up. Take that hard road because that hard road is going to be the one that's the most satisfying mm-hmm. when you finally do reach that possible destination. If it doesn't change again, you know, so there's, I always used to say, there's only three things in life that are certain death, which we, none of us want to see taxes, which none of us want to pay and change, which none of us like, but you know what? Life is all about change. And yeah, I guess through sport, I've learned that like, you've got to learn to change. And if I hadn't, if I hadn't changed my direction, I wouldn't be staring down the barrel of my third games. I don't know what I'd be doing. No idea. Teaching swimming somewhere or still rowing just, you know, on weekends or, you know, but I'm doing what I love and enjoying it still. Oh, that's so amazing. And that's such an important lesson. And if you ever do want to teach swimming somewhere, hit me up. (laughs) That was my first job here, actually. My very first job was teaching swimming in Nanawading at the Nunawading pool. Oh my yeah. gosh, there you go. I got, I got sick of being wet eight hours a day because I was the new girl, so I got all the little kids in the water. Yeah. After a while, I didn't even want to swim and train myself because I just felt I was wet all day. I, <laughs> I feel that. After 10 years of teaching swimming, um, I'm, I don't swim too often myself anymore because I just can't face getting in the pool for fun because it's not... Yeah it's now associated with work. <laughs> I know exactly how you felt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That brings us to the the next thing is a, a project that you've been involved in that has, you know, helped develop the community. And other than, you know, your amazing written one book and the second one's going to get published very, very shortly. And, you know, the fact that you are a speaker and that you inspire so many people, there's one thing that you did, oh, 20 years ago and that was the 24-hour mega swim so I've been a part of it and I experienced five or six of them and so I know what a great and amazing event that is but can you tell us a little bit about like what made you start that like how did that happen where did it come from (laughs) oh my god um well there's a program within well back when it was MS Victoria the MS Society of Victoria, there was a lady by the name of Jo Fairbain. And in 1999, she was told by the EO that, you know, well, they, they had to raise money. And she was diving coach. Mm-hmm. So it was just before the 2000 Olympics. And so she had a lot of contacts within the sporting world. And, uh, and she was a diving judge. So she decided she was going to have a lunch. And because MS uses a lot of volunteers, she got the guy who was in charge of all the volunteers for the 2000 Sydney games to come and do a talk at a lunch here. And so she charged per head and she raised $10,000. Wow. She wasn't told how to spend the money. Mm-hmm. So she decided she was going to start the go for gold scholarship program within MS Victoria. 
which gave five $2,000 scholarships to people living with MS to follow a dream. And she had different categories back then. One was employment, music, sport, uh, travel, and the arts, mm -hmm. I think it was. And so for, for, that, for that year, she, she had the money, people put applications in, she awarded the first five scholarships. The following year in 2000, she had five that she approached a university and a business. And I can't, to be honest, I can't remember who they were. I think it was Victoria University. And then there was a, a business and they each donated $5,000 to this program. So she was able to do it again. Yeah. Coming into 2001, she said to me, because um, I was doing a lot of volunteer stuff with, with MS Victoria. She said to me, oh, I, I don't have the $10,000. We've got to raise this money somehow. And her and I tried uh, with a large, I won't mention who it is, a large business to get them to sponsor it because they had sponsorship programs. Mm -hmm. And we missed out to adopt, adopt a dolphin program. We missed oh. out to. So, and this business had people with MS that worked for it. So I was really upset about that. But I said to her, well, look, I think I can raise the sports scholarship. I'll just get my club, my swim club, my yeah. master's club to do a 24 hour relay. You know, we'll just have a lane at the pool and we'll just swim and I'll get people to raise the $2,000. And when I took it to the club and I was on, I was on the, the uh, committee at the time and I took it to the president and she said, well, why don't we invite other people mm -hmm. or other clubs or businesses to put teams in? And I said, oh, geez, that's a lot of work. And she goes, oh, that's all right. I'll be with you every step of the way. And I went, okay. So I approached the city of Vieira mm -hmm. and they were very happy to donate the lane space and staff the pool at Fitzroy, which was fantastic. And they put a team in, you wow. know, so yeah. all of a sudden we now had two teams. So I thought, okay, we might be able to do this. Anyway, I put it out there and we had 10 teams that wow. came on board. Actually, some of them were through the club because um, a, a good friend worked for IBM so she got a team from IBM I got a team from Australia Post um, I started my own team called the Yara Babes so all my girlfriends so we we ended up with 10 teams and as we're getting ready for all this and it was a lot of work mm -hmm. the president of the club quit oh. <laughs> so I was left on my own so I roped in a handful of friends and said you guys need to help me do this and one was an accountant and she did all the money side and she got her sister involved. And my, my Aussie mom, she came and helped with registration. And so, yeah, I had a core, like probably five, five friends and it was only a one-off. It was that, you know, we had no food organized. So I personally bought 10 meters of pizza. <laughs> I found a place that did meter long trays of pizza. So I had them, I had, I ordered 10 meters of pizza. So we had, I think we had 150 swimmers and I thought 10 meters of pizza would be really good. Like it would last. <laughs> no. It was gone within about 15 minutes. And I thought, oh my God. Anyway, I said to them, well, you're all on your own now. Cause we did that in the evening. Yeah. Um, one of the teams the next morning had gone to, you know, the grocery store and they bought pancake mix and they brought back a barbecue and they did all these pancakes for everybody. Thought, oh, this is fantastic. And then, um, yeah, so at the end of it, we ended up, all, all I wanted to do was raise the 10,000. 
And at the end of it, we had raised 22,000. Wow. And I thought, this is perfect. Joe's got two years worth of money. Yeah. With a little bit of extra for advertising or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> handing out awards that day. At the back of the room, we're in this little room at Fitzroy Pool. And at the back of the room, somebody yells out, when is it next year? Oh. And my face just popped. And I went, no, 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 no. This is just a one-off. You know, we've got, thanks, guys. You guys have done great. We've got two years worth of money. <laughs> and they're going, no, no, no. We need to have it. This was so much fun. We need to have it next year. And, and that was it. Then it was born. Mm -hmm. But I decided I wasn't going to try and do the food on my own. So... <laughs> I went to, um, because I was local anyway, I went to the, um, the Fitzroy Rotary Club and I said to them, I had, I had spoken there as an ambassador for MS about MS. And so I asked to come back because I had a question to ask them. So they were all like, yeah, Carol, come on back. And I remember the president that day, Johnny, Johnny Mack. And he said, oh, Carol, Carol cooks here and she has a question to ask us. And so I stood up and I said, cause they'd all come one was a pub owner, um, uh, the Rose Hotel, Dave and Glenda owned that. And they'd all come after closing that year to watch the mega swim. They'd come down just to see what was going on. And um, so I stood up and they were part of the Rotary Club. And I stood up and I said, well, you know, we've had this mega swim. Well, we want to try and have it again. And I said, but I really need to feed people. So here's my question to you. And I said, you don't have to answer right away. Give yourself time to think about it. I said, but I really would love you to run and barbecue. I know you guys are really good at them. I said, however, there's a couple catches. And they're like, okay. I said, one, I want it to be for 24 hours, <laughs> the barbecue, so that people can eat when they're not in the pool. Mm -hmm. I said, and two, I've got no budget for you. So you have to source the food yourself. <laughs> I said, we can we can charge people if we want, but it'd be really nice if they could get something for free, you know, during the 24 hours, they are fundraising for us. And I said, but I don't need an answer right now. You think about it, but I do need it by the end of the month. Anyway, right at that moment, Johnny matched it up and he goes, right. Who wants to do the roster? <laughs> and a lady by the name of Ann Davy stood up and said, I'll do it. And the next thing I knew, Fitzroy Rotary. I didn't have to wait for an answer. And I have to tell you that Annie Davy was there from that year right through until last year when I retired after 20 years. Wow. And she stuck by me and she did that barbecue for the 19 years nonstop. And she had already, and she had moved down to Mornington Peninsula, but she came up and organized everybody, got all the food, you know, I mean, the, uh, the food changed completely. They catered for vegetarians. They did pancakes in the morning for breakfast. Um, you know, they did um, snags and burgers and potatoes and stir fry. And yeah, it was just amazing. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy to say that even this year on the 21st swim, Fitzroy Rotary still looked after the barbecue. It was just different people. Oh. And um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they did it 24 hours. Oh yeah, I think they did. And then MS ran the, the event themselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was, that was the start of just an amazing run and amazing, you know, people who took part, who raised so much money. I think our biggest year one year was just under 300,000 for the one swim. Wow. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. It just, 
kept going from strength to strength. And, you know, through that, obviously the one that you were in, involved in down at Cranbourne and um, at Casey and, and we've now got, I think, 17 events. Uh, MS Victoria is now joined with other states. So it's MS Limited. Mm -hmm. And so we've got 17 events through New South Wales, ACT, Victoria and Tasmania. And happy to say that, you know, we've raised just over $11 million now. And the swim has branched off to other sports. So now mm -hmm. we've got squash and racquetball and badminton this year for the first time. Wow. Now, I did see that. <laughs> Some people are crazy because that's like full on, at least swimming, you can float, you can dog paddle, you know, you could basically rest. You could almost sleep while you're swimming, mm -hmm. but you can't when you're doing squash, racquetball or badminton, you're actually running around a court. So unbelievable. I went to the badminton, the finish of the badminton this year, just to thank them and, you know, hand out some prizes and, oh my God, they were just still so energetic. I just <laughs> believe it. But yeah, so they're now called the mega events and yep. um, it's been fantastic. So it's just, you know, kept roll ball, snowballed into something bigger than me. But they're so amazingly run. Like I've done a few, like a few different ones. Like I've done the Casey one and I think there's two in Peninsula that I've done two different ones as well from there. And they're like, they're so professionally run. The, just the atmosphere is there you know the fact that there's music going and that the not only does the pool donate their lanes that, that they get involved and they usually have a team and like if there's a swim club that goes from there they get a team and it's yeah it's so amazing and yeah I think it's it's a great it's it's a really good community event mm. and I think you know we were smart at the beginning um, because Joe did help me, Joe Fairbairn, who did the scholarships. I mean, she did help me a bit, and we we actually, you know, set down uh, a framework of of how to run them so that it's it's you know it was so easy to do. And MS has run with that and put real amazing staff mm -hmm. around those events, and they're still all run exactly the same way, so that you know what you're going into yeah. no matter where you are. There might be little nuances that are different, which is great for mm -hmm. each different area and different awards that might be given out because, you know, like they, they now have best dressed or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. That never took off at Fitzroy because it was never part of the original, which yeah. is fine, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's been an amazing run and I still shake my head sometimes to think, wow, did we actually do this? Yeah. But you know, we're now, we're now giving out so many more scholarships and a lot of them have been more than $2,000. And I think the biggest one we gave was 10,000 and, and they're just life changing. You mm -hmm. know, they're, they're from such a small amount of money, really, when you think about it, they, they've actually been able to change people's lives, mm -hmm. which has been fantastic. Yeah. And I'll be, um, I'll be sure to link all the websites and the links and socials and stuff in the show notes so that people can find it. Cause I do, you know, participated in myself. I do highly, highly recommend it. And it's such a good cause. And yeah, I think it's, you know, a huge thing that yes, you've done some amazing things in your sporting career and sporting like achievements, but then you've equally done something, something so, so amazing for the community. And it's yeah, just as impressive as, you know, your world championship or your gold medals. Oh, thank you. Look, 
you know, I'm more proud. I'm probably more proud of mega swim than I am of any of my sporting endeavors. And, um, you know, uh, I was lucky enough in 2014 to be um, bestowed the honor of becoming a member of the order of Australia. And, you know, when, when the reporters called me to ask me about it, and, you know, most, it, a lot of it was for my gold medal in London. Um, but then my philanthropic stuff, which is mm -hmm. the mega swim, um, boosted that from an OAM to an AM. And when I spoke to the reporters, I really wanted them to cover, like, it's not the gold medal I'm most proud of. Like, I, that was my reward. The mm -hmm. gold medal was my reward for my sporting career. I mean, this to me is more important mega swim wise because of what it's done for the lives of people living with MS. And of course, when it hit the paper, it was all about the gold medal. <laughs> that's what sells papers like, though <laughs> I know but this shouldn't sell papers this is you know this is really good news and it's amazing how it's transformed some lives you know yeah. um it's just so important so important and um, it, even at the like the most basic level you look at the teams and we've like I've experienced it myself the teams that some people put together they get kids from different schools together they get kids from different swim clubs together kids that race fiercely against each other I remember there was a team like a team and I had four different swim clubs and we we're in one team and like some of us not that we don't get along but we you know we, we were competitors we were rivals fierce, and fierce competitors yeah yeah and now you're working towards a common goal which yeah. is fantastic to see mm. to get rid of that rivalry yeah, yeah, and we were able to do that through your your event and then we we're raising money and yeah, it was just yeah, so 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 amazing. Oh, that's good. It's it's great I I when when we could have a sit down lunch to give the scholarships out, which unfortunately, you know, over the last year we haven't been able to do. I love inviting people from the swims. You know, we can't afford to because the the swims pay for the the lunch as well but we can't afford to invite everybody, mm -hmm. but I try to get them to invite from, from the different swims, somebody to yes. just see and hear the stories because they are amazing. You know, they're so simple, it, but you know, I, I can, I can tell you Steve Van Reuven, he's a man living with MS who is now an ambassador for MS as well. His MS was so debilitating in the fatigue that he had to leave work and he had to sleep every afternoon just to be able to get through a day mm. and then go to bed at night at the same time. So he could not be up out of bed, you know, after 12, 1230 for like a good four hours. God. And his, his goal with his scholarship was just to buy a bike so that he could ride with his son. Well, that bike has now led him to completely almost reverse his fatigue and he rides more than I do. And he took part in the, something that was called the red ride. And I can't remember what year it was, but we, there was, it was a thousand kilometers, um, a thousand kilometer ride. It was a charity ride for MS mm -hmm. in a week, in five, five days or something like that. Yeah. And he said, oh, I'll do bits of it each day. And he, he did almost all of it. Wow. So to go from, you know, and hundred K days, hundred plus K days. Mm -hmm. And now he's, I just, saw the other day that he'd done a huge ride you know down in the peninsula and to see what two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars I can't remember I, he probably got three thousand dollars at the time to buy a bike has completely changed his life yeah because the fitness has helped 
his MS and helped him to, to be able to live a hell of a lot better life. But there's so many little stories. There's a man in Sydney who was so depressed and, and on the verge of, you know, suicidal thoughts and applied for a scholarship, got a camera and, oh my God, like his pictures are amazing. He sends me pictures every day oh. and he's so thankful for getting the scholarship and the camera. And he actually, his pictures get used on the, the news, the channel nine news up in Sydney all the time for, you know, picture of the day type yeah. thing. And, and now he's mounting them and selling them. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, there's some incredible stories that small amounts of money um, can do. Can change and their life. So that, yeah. And to me, that's more important than a gold medal. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like oh. that's real life. That's real life. Yeah. You know? The gold medal is just something that I do because I really enjoy riding and it just happened to come to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I put a lot of effort into training and stuff, but I do it because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mega swim was because I felt I needed to give back and I wanted, I knew that we can make a difference because I saw what Joe had done with those first two years and, and the difference that it made in those 10 scholarships. And now we're probably over a thousand scholarships plus helped other programs, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the fundraising. So, which is great. And hopefully uh, that'll be my lasting legacy. Like the day I'm gone, it'll still be going. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And oh yeah, it's such an amazing achievement. And yeah, it's just incredible. But that brings us to like, you've got fingers crossed, fingers, toes crossed, the Tokyo Paralympics coming up. But where do you see the future of sport? You've seen a good evolution so far. Where do you see the future? Well, what I would like to see in the future, and it's actually hopefully starting in 2023 within the cycling world, is that parasport, like we stop looking at people as able or able-bodied or disabled. Mm-hmm. They're just athletes, mm-hmm. you know, they might have to ride something different or use something different in sport, but they're just athletes. You know, they're all training for that, that common goal. Of, of winning you know whether it's in a team sport or whether it's an individual sport and in 2023 the UCI which is the world governing body for cycling is having the world championships all together so every discipline every discipline of cycling will be held in a festival of cycling in Glasgow um, Scotland uh, with paracycling um, elite road cycling so road, road for both para and, and the professionals. Then you're looking at track cycling for mm-hmm. all mountain biking, BMX, downhill, you know, you name it. And it will all be, it. it'll be all in like a three week cycle festival of cycling to see that and to see there be no difference between, you know, those, those words, able body and disabled. Mm-hmm. Rowing already does it. World championships have the para rowing and the able-bodied rowing all at the same world championships. And so it would be really good to see most sports combine them. Mm. In saying that, I don't think I'd ever want to see the Olympics and the Paralympics put together mm-hmm. because we're very proud of being Paralympians. And the number of people that have said to me, oh, you're an Olympian. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a Paralympian. Oh, it's the same thing. No, it's not. You know, we're very proud to be Paralympians. 
We like to say that the Olympics are this, the warm-up event for us. <laughs> yes, I've heard Just that. The little, show, the little show before the main attraction. Um, because I think people are finally realizing that Paralympians or para-athletes mm-hmm. train just as hard, train um, just as long, and probably have to overcome more than any able-bodied Olympian, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, um, and the stories are incredible of resilience and overcoming adversity. But we don't want to be known for that. We want to be known for being an athlete. Yeah. And and an athlete first, mm-hmm. you know. So I hope that the future of sport takes that into consideration and that people, and we're getting there. Like, it's been a slow evolution, you know. For the first time ever, Channel 7 or, uh, well, doesn't even have to be Channel a a media outlet has actually paid Paralympics Australia to have the rights to the games. Mm -hmm. In the past, Paralympics Australia have had to pay the media outlet for them to come and broadcast it. Yeah, yeah. It's been like that. Oh my gosh. So for the first time ever in history, Channel 7 will have 14 hours a day of coverage across all of their channels of the Paralympic Games. That's awesome. Mm. instead of just highlights here and there you're going to have 14 hours a day um so that's fabulous and Mm. because there will be no spectators that's just amazing hopefully you know that will be picked up um, across the world which would be nice and yeah you know i know in canada it's not it's sporadic and i'm not sure about the u.s but um that'll be just something for for australia to do yeah hopefully in the future it doesn't matter whether you've got a disability or not. You're just all sports people that everybody wants to watch. You're all athletes. And I think, oh, it would have been years ago. I know Ellie Cole trained mm-hmm. with my coach before I, like I hadn't quite started yet. So, but I remember she came back and got to know her and swim with her a bit when she'd visit the club and visit the coach back when I was like 14, 15. And I'd tune in to watch nationals and they did race the multi-class events just in the regular schedule, but I hated how they used to just go to an ad break when those events were yeah. on. And I'd be like, where's Ali? Like, I'm not tuning in. Like, it was great to watch all the other swimmers that I obviously looked up to, but I was like, I want to watch Ali. Like, I know who Ali is. I want to watch yeah. her now. And that changed. That's changed a lot. Like last night watching the trials was mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. And they even showed the multi-class 50 meter breaststroke, the men's 50. And there was only two competitors. Yeah. You know, Ahmed Kelly and and Scooter. And that was absolutely fabulous and interviewed them afterwards, which never used to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, funny you mentioned Ellie. I knew Ellie when she was 12. So I was swimming as a para swimmer when Ellie was 12. Like that makes me feel really old. (laughs) But Ellie, yeah, we, we go back a long, long way. And funny enough, I don't know if you know the name Hannah McDougall. Hannah was uh, an S10, and she was uh, captain of the Paralympic swim team, I believe, for Beijing. Mm-hmm. And she's now a cyclist, and she's vying for a spot at Tokyo with me as oh, well. Cool! Oh, that's yeah. awesome! Yeah. So- and so it's so funny because I've I've known both of them since they were teenagers, and and you know, Hannah's in her thirties now. So (laughs) you kind of go, Oh man, yes, we're all getting older. That's for sure. But, um, it's great to see where both of them have come and, and where all the swimmers have come, you Mm -hmm. know, um, it's, it's been fantastic. 
It definitely hasn't. It's good to see that evolution of sport that, you know, people are now saying, well, it doesn't matter if they're missing a leg or an arm. God, look at them swim. Like watching some of them last night. Oh my God. Ahmed Kelly, you know, doing 50 meter breaststroke, got no arms and no legs. He's got stumps mm-hmm. and he did it in 54 seconds. Hello. That's pretty good. It's incredible. You no legs. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of go, wow. So that's where I want to see sport in the future. Yeah. Equality, um, equality across the field. And I think we're, we're definitely making leaps and bounds, especially in the last 10 years. And it's exciting to see in 2030 what, what it's going to be like. And that's the most important thing is as long as we keep getting better and making ourselves better at, yes, inclusion, but just sport in general, like that's, that's what it's going to be about. Yeah. And let's hope 2032 up in Brisbane for the Olympics and the Paralympics is probably, oh, yes. let's hope that that is the best games ever. Yeah. We, we'll make it the best games ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Carol, thank you so, so much for coming on. I've been a little bit of a fangirl at parts, but I'm, I'm so, so stoked to have had you on and get to hear about your journey and uh, yeah, to speak to you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm a bit chuffed. I've got a fangirl. <laughs> nobody's ever said that to me before so you're the first thank you thank you quietly fangirling here for 10 years (laughs) and thank you for taking part in mega swim and really pushing it I'm glad that you know that you found it a lot of fun and and enjoyed it because uh, and thank you for raising money because you have no idea how much you would have helped people with living with MS no idea at all thank you yeah it was good to hear some of those stories and you know get to know that it did really impact people's lives, that it changed their lives. Yeah. It does. It does. It changes their lives something amazingly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.